Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 27th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. And I am on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak. We had another jam-packed week or weekend of uh, Broadway radio content for y'all. Um, I hope everyone had a great holiday, Thanksgiving and Black Friday, and then college football rivalry Saturday, <laughs> and then and then I know I did, and then recuperation Sunday. Um, but if you haven't checked your Broadway radio feeds in a while, on Friday um, I dropped an episode of Tell Me More with Montego Glover, who is currently starring as Angelica Schuyler in the uh, Chicago production of. Hamilton. We talked not only about that show, but what it means for a New York actor to be working outside of New York, because she's not only in Chicago right now, but she also opened the year in Toronto with the out-of-town tryout. I just leave it at that, not necessarily pre-Broadway, but of the Maltby and Shire musical uh, Suzatska. Then Jan Simpson had a new episode of of Stagecraft with Rajiv Joseph, who's the playwright of Describe the Night that is currently playing off-Broadway. And then yesterday, I think, because we're recording this just after you recorded that, um, you had a new episode of This Week on Broadway where you talked about a number of shows, including Harry Clark, which we will talk about later in this episode. Uh, but Natalie, that does make me wonder, when's the next episode of On My Way with a BFA coming out? Oh, well, funny you should ask. I uh, just started recording it yesterday, and I'm going to finish recording it today. So it should be out by the end of this month. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, College Football Saturday, I'm very happy and bursting with excitement because Ohio State, for the sixth year in a row, beat that school up north. I'm sorry for all of you musical theater folks out there since the musical theater community, unless they went to the heart school like Natalie, um, it's pretty much all made up of Michigan folks. But I did chronicle a few musical theater folks on my Twitter that I noticed either on Twitter or Instagram who were cheering for Ohio State. We had Kate Rockwell throw up a very nice OH uh, during Ashley Park, who is a Michigan and one of her Insta stories. Um, Ashley Spencer, who is an Ohio native as well. Well, did a good OHIO on her Insta story. Elena Shadow, who we've talked about before, about how much we love. She was is also an Ohio State fan. So there are some Buckeyes in the Broadway community, just not as many as the Maze and Blue. Uh, you know, uh, Melissa Rose Bernardo, um, journalist. Do you know her? I do not, no. She is um, somebody who went to that school up north and is very pro uh, Blue and Maze, if that's what they call it, something like Maze that. and Blue. Maze and blue. But uh, I've spoken to a few uh, uh, actors who went through the Michigan program, and they prefer to remain off the record, so I won't give you their actual names, uh, who complain about Michigan football ruining many, many of their performances because they can't actually do anything on those weekends because the whole weekend in all the weekends in the fall are just dominated you know uh so i think that that probably doesn't affect you as much natalie does it no it doesn't and uh i didn't get into michigan so i'm quite happy that ohio state won (laughs) good (laughs) yeah i knew we had a bond you're bigger than michigan i knew we had a bond natalie yeah awesome (laughs) (laughs) all right So are we uh, ready to get on to the news of the day? Let's do it. All right. The Center Theater Group postpones Crazy Few pre-Broadway run. Yeah, that's in quotes. The postpones is in quotes. That My quotes, not necessarily theirs. But last hard week. To see, the, po- hard to see quotes on a podcast. 
I, I know, but I, that's why I okay. said it. If I mean, if we were just going to leave anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Center Theater Group announced that the pre-Broadway production of Crazy for You, which was scheduled to run from February 7th through March 18th, has been postponed. This is a pretty late decision, guys, especially since season subscriptions and individual tickets have already been on sale for quite a while. According to the press release, the change is due to scheduling complications. But as we know, that is almost always a euphemism to hide the real reason that something is canceled. Uh, the production was to be directed by Kathleen Marshall and was at least partially inspired by her Manhattan concert production earlier this year, which starred Laura Osnes as Polly, Tony Yazbek as Bobby, and featured Rachel Bloom, Rachel Dratch, Mark Lynn Baker, Jerry O'Connell, and the show's original star, Harry Groner. The late cancellation obviously puts CTG and the Amundsen, where it was to be staged, in a bit of a bind. In the press release, they say, quote, We remain excited to see. Notice they said see and not something like bring you. Uh that might be telling there, uh, but we remain excited to see this new production of Crazy for You in the future. In the meantime, we'll be reaching out to our subscribers and single ticket buyers, and we are working on alternative programming options for this season at the Amundsen. Now, in my mind, this whole thing could indicate one of two possible scenarios, one of them being really exciting and one being, well, not. So which one do you guys want first? Do you want my half full possibility or the half empty possibility first half empty how about you okay Natalie? yeah, okay, yeah so half empty. lead with the bad finish with the good that's good i like that idea yep. so the half empty option is that they just didn't have the money to put the show up properly to be honest that's the rumors that i've heard i mean they weren't like super well sourced rumors but that's what i'd kind of heard circulating a little bit before and and after this announcement came out but Maybe, you know, maybe the investor money just wasn't there for this type of revival, although I think it is sorely missing on Broadway right now with Dolly being the only real musical theater song and dance classic show. We could use some more of those, um, even though this isn't necessarily a super old show. Obviously, it's based on, you know, whatever. Anyway, the other the half full possibility is that it's going the something rotten route and skipping an already announced planned out of town tryout and coming straight to Broadway this spring. I think. That could be possible, but not necessarily likely based on the theaters that are currently available. It, of course, could play the Hudson, but wouldn't have much turnaround time since the Parisian woman is currently scheduled to close on March 11th. But, of course, could extend given that it's that it's selling well in previews. It could also play the 1500 seat Lunt Fontaine, which to me seems a bit big for this show. Or it could play the 945 seat Walter Kerr, which is probably cost prohibitively cost prohibitively small for the show. Uh, of course, other venues could be open if things close, but we just don't know about it yet. Um, but who knows at this point? So I'll hope for coming straight to Broadway. But if I had to, I guess I would probably bet money on them just not having the cash to get the show in place. So I'm wondering uh, when you were talking about the half full possibility, I thought you were going to give us another option that was going to go into th uh, Center Theater Group's Amundsen, you know, like, you know, I don't know, Ben Platt in Hamilton. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that one. That's 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 not half full. That's like ridiculously overflowing full. Um, I could see other things going in there. Maybe some things that have announced some sort of Broadway intentions, but might not be able to make it this season. If Hades Town, after its Canadian run, doesn't have a theater in New York, maybe they could have another out of town 
run to get things going, maybe raise some more money, do it in another um, proscenium theater, something like that could go. Uh, maybe if, if I, don't, I don't know, Honeymooners uh, doesn't happen um, this season, maybe they'll do a West Coast run to kind of fine tune things. I would imagine they would have to be something that is already put together. You know what I mean? Because it's a mm-hmm. real quick turnaround yeah. for early February. It would have to be something that already has a set, already has costumes, probably already has a cast in place. Um, so if they're going to fill that hole with something of note, I would imagine it would have to be something like that. Hmm. When does Mean Girls start? Uh, in March. Yeah, that couldn't happen. Yeah. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> right. uh, show and casting news. What is Betsy Wolf up to? Well, speaking of quote scheduling conflicts yeah. being a uh-huh. euphemism to cover for something else uh <laughs> we're never gonna get that story out in the public are we anyway oh, did you so hear last... about that did you uh, did you hear the uh betsy wolf uh thing it seems as though that there's a rumor going around that that uh they just couldn't come to terms and money that that it it was in her casting was announced before the contract and the contract they just didn't come to terms but that was just a rumor yeah not not what i heard let's yeah just, mm-hmm. that's yeah let's just yep. leave it at that um anyway <laughs> speaking of her current gig last week via social media betsy wolf announced that she would be leaving the broadway production of waitress on january 9th even though i don't think we i couldn't find any other reference to when her um, original end date for the show was supposed to be um apparently she was supposed to play that whole week but she said she's leaving a little early so she can so that she can head out west to seattle for a few days of concerts with jeremy jordan and the seattle symphony no word on who will replace her in the diner but if i had to guess it would probably i think be a big name to help get them through the winter perhaps a return of sarah Bareilles because um in between Bareilles and jason Mraz. The grosses weren't great, even though it was over the summer. So I think if the show is going to last through next summer, they're going to need to have a bit of a bridge in the cold tourist light winter months. So maybe getting someone like Sarah Bareilles in there or someone maybe not as big or closely associated with the show as her, but getting another name in there would be nice. Um, Also announced last week, the Vineyard Theater announced that the world premiere of Harry Clark, which you guys talked about on This Week on Broadway, uh, the new play by David Kale, has been extended. The show, which opened last week to really strong reviews, including being a New York Times critic's pick, will play an extra week through December 17th. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes well, that they extend another time or two through the end of the year. Directed by Lee Silverman, the show stars Tony winning stage and screen star billy crudup james what was the uh what, what was the thoughts that came out of this week on broadway about the show um that it was very very good this one man show with billy crudup uh is a must see um we talked wow. about the possibility of it uh transferring uh oh wow and okay. you know it's uh you know the vineyard does great work. It's a, it's a one person show, easy enough to transfer. The hardest part is probably real estate and schedule. So yeah. I don't know if uh, you know from the 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 left coast uh, dark side of the industry if Billy has something planned for uh, in the in the movie world to yeah. shoot something. So uh, I guess that would be really play important to it. Uh, Michael Portantier marvelled at. There's one section of the show where um, Billy stands 
perfectly still for a long extended period of time. And uh, that's really hard to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, definitely a must see, and I'm glad to see it extended again. I had the, uh, I, I saw that it was going to the 10th. Now it's the 17th. So that's great. Yep, absolutely. Stating still for a long time, that sounds like one of those weird acting exercises they put you through in the BFA <laughs> program, doesn't it, Natalie? Oh, yes. Most definitely. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right. In other news on Friday, it was announced that the Michael Grandage Company would be bringing two new productions to London's West End next year, both directed by the company's namesake, who will also be busy in early 2018 getting Frozen ready for Broadway. The first production will be a new production of John Logan's Red, which Grandage originally directed at the Donmar Warehouse before bringing it to Broadway and winning two Tony Awards for it. For this production, Alfred Molina will recreate his performance performance as artist Mark Rothko and how to get away with murder star Alfred Enoch will play Ken, the role that Eddie Redmayne won his Tony Award for. The production will play Wyndham's Theater from May 15th through July 28th. The other production will be a rare revival of Martin McDonough as the Lieutenant of Inishmore, starring Aidan Turner. Grandage uh, will is also familiar with McDonough's work, having received multiple Tony nominations as both producer and director of 2014's The Cripple of Inishmon, starring Daniel Radcliffe on Broadway. Uh, that production um, will play um, later in the summer, June 23rd through September 8th, and that'll be appearing at the Noel Coward Theater in London as well. And Let finally, me ask this- you a question there. Yes. Um, I, I read this press release a few days ago. Uh, am I confusing this with something else? They were talking about low-cost tickets. Do you know anything about that? Yes, in in the press release, they say that both of these plays will have a total of over 40,000 tickets available for just uh, 10 pounds. That's about a quarter of the total capacity of each of the show's you know, cumulative um, uh, seating totals. So this is being done to offer unique access and a commitment to developing new audience, which is something that's really important to Grandage and his whole company. So this is, this is awesome. Yeah. I I think that um, with doing shows that aren't the big necessarily touristy musicals and stuff like that, um, you know, bringing low cost, revelatory, interesting, recent modern works is a is a really nice thing to be able to do. And I think it's something that we're seeing artists on both sides of the Atlantic invest in a little bit more readily here in recent days and years. Yeah, that'll probably catch on a Frozen. <laughs> well, I'm sure Disney will do a very nice lottery program or something like that where lottery tickets are like $75. <laughs> 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 You're right. They, I mean, Disney's, Disney's been talking to the marketing people at Springsteen, which I still haven't yeah, seen yet. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm sure they'll. You could get a fast pass for a Frozen, maybe or something. Like that. <laughs> excellent. I like that. That's excellent. <laughs> All right. What's up with Catherine Hepburn? Okay, so finally in this section, something of a rather unexpected bit of news. Last week, Playbill reported that Dear Evan Hansen's co-producer Ken Fockler had optioned Matthew Lombardi's one-woman play Tea at Five for Broadway. The show looks at the life of four-time Oscar winner Catherine Hepburn and had successful runs at Hartford Stage and and Off-Broadway all the way back in 2002 and 2003. Apparently, Lombardo, whose latest one-person show, Whose Holiday, is currently running Off-Broadway, 
is adapting the play from a two-act show a decade and a half ago into a one-act show and focusing on what was the previous second act. That looks at Hepburn's life later in life after a car accident that she suffered while she's recuperating at her home in Connecticut. The show will be directed for Broadway by the original Helmer, John Tillinger, and even though neither ran particularly long, Lombardo does have experience with getting small cast shows to Broadway, including 2010's Looped with Valerie Harper and 2011's High with Kathleen Turner. The production team for T at Five is currently reaching out to some high-profile actresses to potentially play Hepburn in an eventual mainstem bow. James, uh, the off-Broadway run of this show predates this week on Broadway, so I couldn't go back and check to see if any of you guys reviewed it. But do you remember seeing this show off-Broadway at all by any chance? I don't, but Matthew's a friend, and uh, we have to get him queued up to talk with us on Broadway Radio on one of our shows. So, uh, Very cool. But yeah, he I, he did send me an email about um, a T at 5 getting picked up, and uh, we should have him on to chat about it. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, next up, Spanish singer-songwriter is suing Disney over Let It Go. Yeah, apparently he couldn't get cheap tickets to to Frozen either. But uh, <laughs> last week, TMZ exclusively reported that Spanish singer-songwriter Jaime Sierro uh, filed suit against Disney, Adina Menzel, Demi Lovato, and others because he maintains that Let It Go includes similar note combinations, structures, hooks, and themes to his 2008 Spanish-language song Volar. Oddly, neither Kristen Anderson Lopez or Bobby Lopez, you know, the two people that wrote the song, are mentioned in TMZ's report about the lawsuit. Now, I am in no way a a musical structure expert or an expert on the legalities thereof. But there are, are some obvious similarities if you listen to both songs. I mean, a few notes here and there that are very reminiscent of each other. Um, we'll have links, we'll have videos of both songs in the show notes at broaderradio.com if you check that out. However, if you could sue someone for writing a song that sounds oddly similar to one you've previously written, Andrew Lloyd Webber would have sued himself dozens of times by now. <laughs> nothing uh you know. yeah no that's uh yeah that's the, true the, but... pity, the pity laughs were appreciated thank you guys both I yeah. <laughs> you're welcome so <laughs> I, I i i don't know what these would uh i don't know what the uh, what the goal is here i don't know if that he has why you would sue sue idina or demi i mean i, I could see <laughs> disney because Disney is the company that produced it. Uh, and yeah, then yeah, Kristen Lopez and Bobby, uh, I, I think this is somebody digging deep. Uh, where did they file the suit? I, did they say? Um, I, I don't know where they filed it. No, but um, let me see if I can pull up that original TMZ report. Because they you really have to, in American courts, you have to prove that the writers had listened to that song. I don't know if this person had hmm. submitted their song to Disney previously, or it was just, it was just a big hit somewhere else. Uh, and I don't, I don't seem to think that it was a hit anywhere. I think it's just, it seems to be just kind of a coincidence. Um, but I, I, good luck proving that they listened to this and ripped it off. If you know, that's the standard that they have to reach. Speaking of interesting lawsuits, you know the the uh, 
the Broadway League is having a Broadway Access Accessibility Summit on ah, Tuesday, November 28th um, over at New World Stages. Uh, so interesting that this is all popping up right now. Uh, what a coincidence. I think uh, it's probably tangentially related to the lawsuit filed against various Broadway <laughs> houses. I'm sure that this was in the works well many years before the lawsuit was filed. Yeah. Absolutely so. nothing related at all to the potential crippling lawsuits that could bring down an entire industry. Yeah, you're right. Mm, yeah. <sighs> Don't cross the streams and uh, things like that. Um, all right. Next up. Uh, in the recommendation section, this is really cool. Yeah, the uh, the London production of Hamilton had its sits probe over the weekend. If you're unfamiliar with what a sits probe is, I don't know if that's German or just some made up yeah. word. I think it's, no, it's some Germany. Yeah, some Germany type thing. But it's the first time that a cast actually sings with the orchestra and goes through the entire entire score. And the entire creative team for Hamilton was on hand and in many cases, documenting what happened. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda had some videos that were really fun, including one. He it was his tweet was just the most British with the flag uh, vocal warm up. And it's the cast warming up just saying Judy Dench. I think it was Judy Dench, Judy <laughs> Dench. Judy. It's amazing. Um, and there's some other videos of uh, Alex Lacamoire and he did that. And then the like kind of the dance captain going through saying things. So there's a lot of great stuff on social media. We'll have a link to some of the, um, the posts in the show notes at broaderradio.com. But with that show getting ready to open in London in the West end, it's just another step towards complete Lin-Manuel Miranda world domination. Um, and then another video that I wanted to mention. This comes from the national tour of something rotten. And apparently uh, the cast is uh, doing the Broadway cares equity fights aids fundraising that a lot of the shows on Broadway are doing as well. And they were in the previously mentioned Amundsen theater last week. And apparently somebody bid a fairly hefty amount of money to get the touring will shakespeare uh to perform a certain song that will shakespeare is adam pascal and they got him to sing a little bit of one song glory from rent obviously in the role that he originated um and my favorite part of this video is one not only does adam still sound great but um uh, autumn hurlbert who is in the tour she plays portia and someone who i i think i've talked about in the show before i've been a fan for a long time of dating back to the um legally blonde search for the next l woods tv show but she's sitting there on the stage and she is having herself a moment watching adam sing this song she is fangirling like no one has fangirled on a stage before. It is awesome. So I love that. So we'll have videos to that as well in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Uh, Natalie, you are a very open and admitted alphabet and wicked devotee. Who, who would oh, yes. Fan, who would you fangirl of the most to see sing Defying Gravity? Would it be Adina, another Rent oh, alum, or would it be somebody else? Um. Okay, this is a hard question, but um, to sing, uh, probably Shoshana Bean, or fair, fair. yeah, um, maybe Christine Dwyer, just because she went to the Hart School and right. I'm a fan of hers. But I, yeah, I'd say Shoshana Bean. I don't think there's anything wrong with ever hearing Shoshana sing anything because she's absurdly, ridiculously good at yes. everything. Yeah. 
I'm I'm still stuck on Judy Dench. Uh, <laughs> Judy Dench, Judy Dench, Judy Dench, Dench. You want to hear no, Judy Dench I, sing Defying Gravity, James? Yes, yeah, say Judy Dench to sing Defying Gravity. But I was thinking when you sang Judy Dench before, I was like Judy Dench, Judy Dench, Judy Dench, Judy Dench, rock, rock me Judy Dench, rock me Judy Dench. Yeah, no, different different warm up. I mean, don't yeah. don't forget that Judy Dench was supposed to be the original Grizabella in in Cats, mm. but then she got injured during rehearsals and was replaced by Elaine Page. So. Just because she's not known for her musical theater talents doesn't mean she doesn't necessarily have them, although I think the part was rewritten once they got a singer like Elaine Page in there. But anyway, um, you know, she's got a little bit of a musical, you know, ability there. Mm, That is excellent trivia there. You're pulling out a you're channeling a Felicia. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you remember a year or so ago, I yeah. interviewed one Dame Judy Dench and we That's talked right. about it. So maybe I'll find that and throw it, in the, throw it in the show notes if anyone wants to listen. All right. Natalie, what's going on with this week's theatrical schedule? Well, first on Tuesday, Manhattan Theatre Club's The Children begins previews. Direct from an acclaimed run in London, this will be the American premiere. It takes place in a remote cottage on the British coast where a couple of retired nuclear engineers are living a very quiet life. Outside, the world is in utter chaos, and when an old friend turns up at their door, they are shocked to find out the real reason for her visit. Olivier nominee Ron Cook is featured in this production. The children will officially open on December 12th. Fiasco Theater's production Twelfth Night at Classic Stage Company begins previews on Wednesday. Shipwrecked on the island of Illyria, Viola and her twin brother Sebastian are separated. Viola disguises herself as a boy and wades into a complex romantic triangle with Duke Orsino and the Countess Olivia. This production will officially open on December 14th. Also on Wednesday, It's a Wonderful Life will open off-Broadway at the Irish Repertory Theatre. This classic Christmas tale takes place on Christmas Eve in 1946. George Bailey is in a terrible predicament, and we find him perched on a bridge on the verge of jumping. Clarence, George's guardian angel, comes along and shows George what Bedford Falls would be like if George had never been born. The original Broadway production Meteor Shower opens on Wednesday. This new play by Steve Martin explores the comic anxiety lurking just beneath the surface of modern marriage. This all-star cast includes stand-up comedian Amy Schumer, Tony Award nominee Jeremy Sheamus, Tony Award winner Laura Benanti, and Keegan-Michael Key, who won an Emmy Award for his Comedy Central series Key and Peel. Antony and Cleopatra will open at London's Royal Shakespeare Company on Thursday. Torn between love and duty, Antony's military brilliance deserts him, and his passion leads the lovers to their tragic end. Also on Thursday, Starting Five Productions' revival of Where Has Tommy Flowers Gone begins previews at Off-Broadway's Workshop Theater. Constructed as a series of vignettes, skits, and brief incidents, the play portrays the life and attitude of Tommy Flowers, a determined freeloader and disenchanted rebel against society. This production will open on December 2nd. 59 East 59 Theater's production, entitled Cross That River, will begin previews on Thursday. The unsettled West of the 1860s provides a new life and new dreams for Blue, a runaway slave, who escapes to Texas and becomes one of America's first black cowboys. This production will open on December 6th. The original Broadway production, The Parisian Woman, will open on Thursday. Set in Washington, D.C., Chloe, portrayed by Uma Thurman, is a socialite and is coming to terms with politics, her past, and the uncertain future. Joining her is Josh Lucas, known for his work in the films Sweet Home Alabama and A Beautiful Mind, along with Tony nominee Philippa Sue from Hamilton and Martin Sokas from the Lord of the Rings films. 
Hey, James, real quick, let me jump in here. James, when do you see Parisian Woman? Mm, I think next next week. week. Next week is a train wreck for me. I have a show every night. Yeah, Wednesday the 6th, I see it. Okay, because I, I, I think this is one that is it's currently scheduled, as I mentioned earlier, to, to run through March. But if this gets the reviews that uh, the word of mouth seems to indicate that it could, I wouldn't be surprised if, to see if this one tries to stick around through the Tony Awards. There's nothing announced for the Hudson after this show, so they might be trying to see if they can extend through the awards period because this one has been getting great word of mouth. Obviously, I haven't seen it, um, but it, it's apparently really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if sometime after the reviews come out, if they are as good as I anticipate they could be, if we end up hearing that this adds another month or two to its run. I guess that's going to really depend upon some of the cast schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. All right, Natalie, back to you. All right. Irish Repertory Theater's The Dead 1904 is also opening on Thursday. This is a theatrical recreation of James Joyce's novella entitled The Dead. It is centered around a holiday gathering in January of 1904 in Dublin. Over the course of the evening, Gabriel learns something new about his wife Greta that changes his sense of who she is and who they are to each other, of what it actually means to be alive and to be dead. The Broadway revival of Once on This Island opens on Sunday at the Circle in the Square Theater. This show was last seen on Broadway in 1991. The cast includes Tony and Olivier Award winner Leah Salonga, Alex Newell from Fox's hit TV show Glee, and many more. New Group's world premiere Downtown Race Riot will also open on Sunday. This play takes us back to the cramped village apartment of Mary Shannon, a single mom, as her son and his best friend wrestle with their obligation to join the nearby riot, which is a riot fueled by racial discrimination. This cast is led by Academy and Golden Globe Award nominee Chloe Sevigny. Now moving on to the closings for this week. Levi, a new musical, will close on Saturday in Los Angeles. The New World will also close on Saturday at the Bucks County Playhouse. Escape to Margaritaville, which is currently in Chicago for its pre-Broadway run, will close on Sunday and will move to Broadway's Marquee Theater in February. The pre-Broadway tryout of Mean Girls in D.C. will close on Sunday. And as Matt mentioned before, in March, it will begin previews on Broadway at the August Wilson Theater. People, Places, and Things will close on Sunday off-Broadway at St. Anne's Warehouse. Oedipus El Rey will also close on Sunday at the Public Theater. Another Sunday Public Theater closing is Office Hour. What We're Up Against will close on Sunday at the Women's Project Theater. And lastly, Jesus Hopped the A-Train will close on Sunday at the Pershing Square Signature Center. And that's it for this week's theatrical schedule. That's it? That's it. That's it. It's a busy time. It's a busy 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 time. time in the theatrical schedule. Yeah. Natalie, you know... We'll let you off this time because, you know, you're, you know, relatively new here at Broadway Radio, but you Uh didn't mention the most important thing that's happening this week. What did I forget? Matt? Uh, Are we talking theatrically? Yes. I, I, Um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's Robbie Rizal's 22nd birthday. Oh Oh my gosh, (laughs) Robbie. Robbie's He's 22 20, years old. I don't think that's accurate. I think I just got a Facebook notification for that, actually. Yeah. Robbie's <laughs> 22. <laughs> Happy birthday. It's uh, Robbie Rizal's birthday. Happy birthday, Robbie. You know, 22 is going to look good Robbie. on you. Looking good on Robbie. Happy birthday, Monday night. Uh, it'll be um, 
We'll have Robbie on on Tuesday. We'll talk about it. Well, we'll actually, Tuesday night, we'll talk to Robbie for Wednesday morning, right? I think that's, that's it. That's correct. That Excellent. is not about his birthday, but... Well, do you think we're going to get away from <laughs> no. We'll probably be talking about his multiple Broadway World nominations. Yes, for the Cabaret Awards. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Natalie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Natalie underscore Nowak, and the same thing on Instagram. All right. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. And uh, Matt and I will be back with you tomorrow to uh, talk about Broadway Grosses and the other stuff that happens. Mm-hmm.